Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Episode 12, Style Over Substance. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> We're like nearly teenagers now. I know. Next one will be 13. <sighs> All grown um, up. How are you then? <laughs> I am all right, you know. I am knee deep, actually shoulders deep in vacuum bags, <laughs> vacuuming my whole life away well actually you know what this stuff is not even mine this is mr big stuff some of it's mine and i'm ashamed at how much clothes i have at his house and then i think about how much clothes i have at my own house i'm like this is ridiculous (laughs) other than that oh finally spoke to my dentist about my tooth Mm -hmm. um and I was like, guy, because I must have told you weeks ago, I had like wisdom teeth pain yeah. when I was like dribbling over the mic. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, so I called them and I was like, you guys were supposed to call me back, you know, mm. when you're working through your list. Turns out to go on the NHS route, I'd have to wait five months to get my teeth extracted. So I'm just going to have to um, pay to get them done. Yeah. It's just not worth waiting that much. I mean, That's- it's expensive, yeah. but it's it's ridiculous like and also that's probably like that it's probably really more than that now as well they definitely won't be working to like their full capacity that's yeah the dentists are the worst i know i really resent paying for teeth but (laughs) there we go i just it's been a long time since i know i know you know what it could be a lot better but it could be a lot worse but five months is an absolute joke like I could Especially die to be in pain, you know. And exactly, you could get a terrible infection during that time. Like if your wisdom tooth aren't doing the right things, you know. So many things could develop in five months. Yeah. Anyway, um, other than that, <laughs> I'm not bad. What's going on in your world? Not much. Not much. I'm, I've been helping my brother move house. Um, oh yeah. And with a, li- a little one around. Um, not always the easiest are you there to distract the baby while yes. they oh okay otherwise he will try to help um mm-hmm. and that's not always the most helpful but yeah so be sort of doing that um what else have i been doing um i don't know not much really yeah ow I had a spa day at the weekend oh yeah. i saw that yeah oh my god where did you go well, so I was sort of like half on my way back from sort of Manchester area and just thought, you know what? I'm going to see if there's like a, a hotel or a spa around here and I'm going to oh, treat myself you. to like a a little pit stop, a little day off COVID. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And even though like you nice. wear masks around like the hallways of the hotel or whatever, I don't know. It was just quite nice to have a little like... <laughs> Let's forget everything for all. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to grab your freedoms where you can. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and also I just found a sense of adventure. Like mm. I sort of found some local sites. So I went to the ruins of a castle. I went to some Roman ruins. And oh. saw like a th- cathedral and I was like, oh, I got excited, you know, about being somewhere new. Mm. Like, you know, holiday yeah. thing, aren't they? So staycation yeah. that's nice cool a uh, scar on tour moment yeah <laughs> slapped back to like work the next day and was like right but here we are oh well here we are yeah. yeah yeah but anyway just in case you don't realize you are listening to me scarlet 
and myself, Mim. We haven't done that in a while. I know. <laughs> but I know when, you know, there's like two people on a podcast and sometimes you're not sure whose voice is who. I think our voices are quite different, but maybe yeah. they're not. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is Style Over Substance. And Mim, what's your fashion story this week? Yeah, fashion story is Kim Jones has just been appointed creative director for women's wear at Fendi. Yeah. Exciting. And the first thing when I found out about this is like, some people have too many jobs. <laughs> so what? Like Staying like, on at Dior? Yeah, he's staying on at Dior. I was going to say, otherwise I'm bereft. Oh. He's got two now at two different fashion houses. So I- I actually have never understood that. You know, like Carl was like Fendi, Chanel, Carl yeah. Lagerfeld, like yeah. all of this stuff. And you're like, how? Like it's hard enough doing one of those. So Fendi. Mm, yeah. It's a really Ooh, big deal. That's really cool. And I, yeah. is that taking over Carl or was there, I guess there was someone in yeah, the room before, because but like the first big name. Carl did just women's wear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it must be taken on from Carl. Um, and I don't know, maybe just Fendi doesn't really like to fully employ you. They just Maybe, like maybe they like someone who dips in and out. Yeah, <laughs> and they can still like control, I don't know, part of the mm. part of the design process or whatever it is. But I think it would be really interesting. I mean, does that mean that we're going to see more, more like, I don't know, sneaker driven streetwear Fendi stuff? I'd be so interested if there was a totally different take on the what, what he's done with Dior. You know, I would love to see if like at Fendi, it's a totally different aesthetic. It's a totally different visual. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like that would be really interesting or if it's just going to be like a copycat applied to Fendi. Yeah, I would like to see something completely not resemble Dior men's. Same. Um I think Fendi kind of holds a uh, kind of holds a lane in mm. itself. Um, and there's so much Fendi. playfulness at Fendi. There's so yeah. much you can do. It's Fendi's the brand for people who are like genuinely rich, but mm. also likes big fluffy key rings and likes you know, a little garishness like, every now and then. Yeah, exactly. And like weird ankle boots, which I love. I wish I owned a pair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see him kind of branch out from what we know him to do. And yeah, interesting. Oh, big things to come. Watch this space. That's cool. That's exciting. Mm. What's yours? Mine's a bit loose, but I think it's an important thing to discuss. Um, okay. It is the end of keeping up with the Kardashians. I can't say I've been an avid watcher of every episode necessarily, but I've Mm. definitely seen the big moments. I think it was Kim that posted like a picture of herself from season one and then like of herself now. And my word, has fashion changed? Yeah. And I think it's a really, it really showcases and epitomizes like the trend fashion mm-hmm. so like they've followed and whatever every trend I wouldn't say they've created them necessarily um but they've mm-hmm. really like followed what's cool and hip or whatever it is hip's such a lame word mm-hmm. um but yeah, you know like even the way they do their makeup <laughs> the way they dress that like, the styles they've bought into it's yeah. like it's been a real kind of like showing how fashion has changed and like decade to decade year to year um with like her terrible fake tan and like mm-hmm. original hairline um to like <laughs> this sophisticated sort of like well-groomed person like we're, like fashion changed so much yeah so and i much. think the kardashians although not directly like a fashion i don't know none of them are like real designers or anything no they the end of an era they really were a ma- Kim in particular was a real massive cultural reference for the past sure. 15 years. And whether you like her or not, whether you believe that they created trends or they were in- rightly influential or anything like that, 
we can't deny that we all started wearing massive heels out to the club, body contour dresses because of Kim. We all started wearing makeup, full faces of makeup on mm-hmm. a daily basis, more than our mums and not, our not older just siblings for a have night ever out done. Anymore. Not just for a night out. The, the glamorous lifestyle was not solely reserved for celebrities anymore. Mm-hmm. They, she introduced us to the notion of like, being we became more like knowledgeable in the world of fillers and cosmetic procedures (laughs) and and it's it's true and things like I mean okay for example back in the day Kim used to have an eBay account where she used to like sell her stuff remember that's how that was like her that was her job when she first started she yeah she would sort out other people's wardrobes and how yep. either sell the, their unwanted stuff on ebay for a commission and like did that with her own stuff mm-hmm. exactly and at the time like we didn't know celebrities sold their stuff like well, yeah she wasn't, the, she wasn't the celebrity we know her today as but just like and then them collaborating with like boohoo and all that it was mm-hmm. also like that's like a cheap fast fashion brand like why the hell are the car jenners yeah like they really did change a lot of like things regarding fashion and celebrity I think for sure and then I think sort of Kylie took over didn't she Kim towards the end of being like one of the most probably pivotal or like influential people Mm. in the in the world and like everyone was bruising their mouths to get her Mm. (laughs) her plump lips remember yeah but even like when she was kind of my favorite phase of Kylie was before the lips but she was still kind of drawing on her lips and Mm -hmm. she was really into lip liner and she kind of was quite grungy still um and had that like blue hair and like loads of stuff like that that was kind of my favorite phase but like people copied it people emulated it yeah Um, I feel like it's and obviously we have the access with Instagram Mm. but I think there's something really important like really I don't know when you watch people on TV you think you know them better than if you know them just on Instagram mm, and yeah. so I think you kind of feel like oh well I kind of know them like and this is what they do and I don't know yeah mm, good fashion story Ooh. I mean what are they gonna do beyond the show I know they have a lot of um they have all those businesses, whether they actually genuinely make money is a is so another thing. <laughs> my theory is also yeah. that stuff is really not going with well with Kim and Kanye and she doesn't yeah. want that being shown on yeah. TV. That's like my deep down like I yeah. think she's like, I don't Had need enough. this being played out on TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe the maybe the like the younger two, the Jenners, will do a like a spin-off. Do you nah, I don't think they could carry it. I'm not being funny. Kendall is not interesting enough. <laughs> you know what? I kind of like Kendall's approach to things. She's just doing her modeling, living her life, away from all the nonsense. Mm. Like maybe we think she's boring just because she keeps to herself. But maybe she's uh, actually I, a bit more I, interesting. I think she's a bit like Courtney at times, and they're oh, my yeah, least yeah, favorites. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate that she's not as much like trying to sell every aspect of herself to make a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. Kylie's not that interesting either. No, but she's done pretty well for herself with like the makeup, and I will test. Like the testament is is good makeup, like. I've got. Oh, I've never tried anything, but I don't think she can carry a show. Oh, no. To the extent that, you know, keeping up was. Oh, like, well, the the life of Kylie, didn't you? Sisters are like actually maniacs. Mm. Like, they're, and like their dynamic is really kind of like tumultuous, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Mm. It's the end of an era for like trashy TV. Yeah, it really is. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod. Shoot us an email, starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com. 
find us on YouTube. Find us on Twitter. We've got all the links on our Instagram. You know what to do. This week, we have... I was going to say a real topic, but we always do real <laughs> topics. <laughs> it's all real, baby. Yeah, they're, they're all valuable in their own way. Um, yeah, this week, we are going to be delving into another deep, yeah, deep topic. Something with a, it's quite a juicy topic, really. And we're hoping that with through our research and things we've learned and discovered, we can help people out there who are either sm- like designers mm-hmm. or small business owners, small brands in the fashion space who are either wanting to do things differently in the time of COVID, look for new opportunities, look for new funding, wondering how they can continue doing what they love, maybe in a slightly different way and kind of ride this uncertain wave of, let's face it, difficult retail. Um, So we thought that we would kind of discuss what's out there for people like that and small brands. And yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And also more as well. um, It's just infamously difficult to get a brand, any business potentially. uh, But I know more about fashion. So excuse me if I just talk about fashion. Um, But it's really hard as to get your your brand off the ground as a designer yeah like the first question I would always be asked when I first was t- told people I studied fashion was oh do you want to be like do you want to be like have your own brand and I was like hell no just because I saw from a co- like companies that I worked at how hard that is you need a mm. lot of financial backing to make yep. fashion and I mean, it's the same in a lot of industries, but fashion, you need money for resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's not like you can kind of make one bag and then come back to it. Um, it's actually easier the higher your numbers are and there are minimums and it's all mm. of that kind of manufacturing stuff that yeah. people don't really realize. But yeah, so hopefully. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to start talking about maybe some schemes that are available. Mm. Um, so I've got a list of schemes here that I've found that are sort of published on the British Fashion Council's website. Okay, um, yeah. I don't really know many schemes. Admittedly, the ones that I know about have kind of closed application process. So this would be really helpful for people who maybe are like... <sighs> have their own brand or small designers and really don't know where to start looking Mm -hmm. for these sorts of things. Because I think all too often, like the fashion industry seems like it's, or maybe the British fashion council seems too geared towards brands. We already know like designer students who are at like central St. Martin. Yeah. And that's it kind of, they won like the new gen award or they won some sort of, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's a few there's a few things where their annual their annual things that get offered to designers, um, but I'm going to start with the the one that's kind of been generated from COVID, and this is the British Fashion Council Fashion Trust. Um, it's been basically the main kind of members of the British Fashion Council, so it's like New Gen, like. Um, jd.com loads of sort of like bigger corporations um, Mm -hmm. have kind of pitted together and helped to either contribute themselves or make sure other people have donated Mm -hmm. Um, and they've created an emergency fund um, and grants basically available for companies that need it right now Um, and so you can apply for that through this Uh, what I will say is a million pounds really isn't that much Um, oh yes you know what following on from that I have seen that they've been trying to raise this fund to 50 million because Mm -hmm. I think they have like a set number of recipients like 37 it's a real random number Mm. um and you have to like apply and yeah provide all this um, I imagine it's like you have to basically show you're really in the shitter (laughs) yeah and that you're you're kind of established you know Mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, they're trying to raise more money because a million pounds divided by 40 people is not going to really cut it. And and also like these are pretty hard times. But yeah, I think it's it's a start and it's I think it's a bit like the beauty industry that the fashion industry hasn't really been acknowledged. Um, mm. Really, I haven't heard the government even mention them at all. And obviously, lots of industries are suffering. Don't get me wrong, and, mm-hmm. but this has really like affected like fashion and retailers, you know, um, like hugely. So that's kind of the COVID, the COVID initiative that they have got, but already in place. And so this is, I think, quite interesting for anyone who wants to go into fashion as well to know that there are these opportunities out there and you don't just have to kind of hope you get a big break randomly. Yeah, um, that's so true. Cuz that's it's not easy. Like we can all hope and dream. Yeah, and I think also following on from what you've said, if you really want to make a sustainable business in fashion and don't get me wrong, there are loads and loads of smaller brands which really make a good living, but Mm -hmm. the ones we know and the ones we see out there and they're like the next big thing and they're like the cool kid on the block, they get to where they are because of funding from other people. Yeah, for sure. Not get it twisted. Like they're getting either venture capitalists or they know people who are putting money towards what they're doing. And in any sort of business that you start, like, searching for grants things that you don't have to pay back yeah is such a good way to go and in a way you get to expose your business because you can get access to other non-monetary resources by applying for these exactly. things as well yeah so that's exactly what these are there's a dhl fashion award um Ooh. and i guess it's sponsored by dhl right yeah um, no, and DHL's really involved in fashion stuff. They do a lot yeah. of delivery for well, the industry. Yeah, so, so actually yeah. I know I know a guy who works for like DHL and is responsible for the fashion sector. Yeah. Like and making sure basically stuff gets there in, in a timely fashion and all of that. Um, so this is a prize with a £20,000 grant, basically. Um, in t- and this is intended to help young designers expand their existing business and to kind okay. of help them have a greater reach so that's, that's great really good. there's a future fashion grant which is a Bowden partnership where you okay. get a mentorship from Bowden and they will financially invest in your company I oh. imagine it didn't state a fee I imagine that that is more of like shares like in repayment I guess mm. for some investment Um, There is the London Fashion Showcasing Fund, which is a fund that allows events to be put on during London Fashion Week, and that showcases emerging talent um, of fashion designers. So people who aren't yet established get a chance Mm -hmm. to be shown on, like, the big stage of Fashion Week. That's um, really good. Which is huge. Yeah. amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, like, ultimately as well, there's the equivalent of that for international fashion so every year 16 designers across the globe um sorry 16 yeah 16 designers are selected across the globe from 16 different countries so like they make sure that there's just one representative per country and they again get an option to be shown during london fashion week so it's it's not just raising up london-based designers because mm-hmm. the fashion scene in many countries is not has not got the opportunities that london fashion week has mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i was actually i was actually quite surprised that there were these funds or like yeah. these kind of opportunities and i was I, re- I was really interested to sort of um see also that there were different gauges for where you were in your process so sort of the showcases that they have I guess are for people who we wouldn't call established so they're trying mm-hmm, to make mm-hmm. it they don't really have like a basis yet and then kind of that it kind of becomes different things for like the partnership is something that someone's sort of starting out like they maybe they've kind of got like an initial little like foot in the door but like need that mm-hmm. kind of business help and then kind of making people more global. I just kind of liked that there were different tiers of help available. Yeah, I think that's really important because mm. like 
someone who works in the fashion industry and takes an interest in it, I still myself have a very limited understanding of what the British Fashion Council do. I know they kind of work in some way as a lobbyist for fashion companies, brand industry. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you can feel that they are very much directed to, you know, as you said, kids who graduate from Central St. Martins or win these awards or who are like either really established brands. Um, So having that for each level, it could be that, you know, everyone's been kind of starting new things and new projects and seeing this this downtime throughout quarantine as a chance to start projects and things they've always wanted to so there might be someone out there who's started designing again and they're looking for that boost but they Mm. have nothing they have no sort of like history of having this company yet it serves the kind of time that we're living in now there are people who are just beginning people who are kind of getting their foot in the door and people who have like actual employees to pay yeah um, you know yeah definitely and like I think the thing is we probably have literally no grasp on how many companies that are out there right now mm. that is still in the stage where there's somebody and that they're maybe their own main employee mm-hmm. and they just freelance people in or have like paid people as and when they maybe need that extra bit of help. They've sourced their factories. They've done mm-hmm. all that themselves and they... Yeah. They have some custom, de- like custom, I, why do I keep thinking custom is a word? It's just um, customers. <laughs> they've got customers, but like, it's not a frequent, like you still want to ring a bell every time there's an order kind of a situation. Mm, yeah. But there's so many more companies at that stage than we realize. Mm-hmm, and definitely. There's got to be, I think, a, a platform for them to be, to have the experience to get get a bit of notoriety that they wouldn't get unless you really have your ear in tune to like what's going on and what's yeah really doing that research like I'm definitely guilty of not knowing enough independent small brands because if I don't really shop there like or whatever or if it hasn't crossed my radar I don't go looking for them necessarily so it's mm, it's huge mm-hmm. to have a platform for these people like if i yeah. that's what i would be striving for if i was a new company would be any platform i could find yeah so i also had the thought that if you are a fashion designer or you have your own brand i think it's really good to think outside fashion Mm -hmm. when you are looking for grants and loans and kind of emergency funds because local authorities also have the power to award money to local businesses in need and sometimes these national ones are quite hard to get accepted onto you know there's a lot of competition there might be a lot of um I don't know a lot of things you have to supply in order to prove your kind of where you are in the business stage and all of that. So it might be just the level of competition on a national level can be really tricky. So it's, it's really helpful to kind of be a bit more pragmatic about it. So I went on gov.uk and if you go on gov.uk forward slash business dash finance dash support, mm-hmm. they have like funding for like Scotland, Berkshire, Hertfordshire, like different counties in the UK, basically. And there are lists of what authorities um, are awarding small to medium businesses. So it's always worth like just checking those out. It doesn't have to be fashion specific. So you've got coronavirus small business grant. You've got a retail grant, which also includes like leisure and hospitality. Um, There's a local authority discretionary one self-employed income support scheme as well so if you're just that Mm -hmm. one person then that could be for you as well so yeah kind of think outside the the fashion world a bit yeah definitely and also like one of my really good friends she's kind of started a few companies with her sister they've looked to kind of just other people to potentially invest or kind of like there are like business grants Mm. that don't necessarily have to be anything to do with mm-hmm. what your business is mm-hmm, so like, mm-hmm. like how you're saying don't be deterred or like put off 
because it's not a fashion grant or it doesn't look to be that and yes not people not many people necessarily know the fashion model but Mm -hmm. really running a business has its same essential sort of skills that someone Mm -hmm. can guide you through even just understanding what's the most important thing or like where to spend your money um I think there's there's loads from what I understand of people that you can kind of there's lots of schemes where people have done really well for themselves and want to potentially invest like angel investors and stuff like that. I think it's cool, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think thinking outside of like the British Fashion Council box, you know, because at the end of the day, like a business model is a business model. I think following on from that, if you kind of keep your ear on the street to maybe media publications and things, sometimes they will run schemes. Mm -hmm. They don't work within fashion, but they offer grants to like underrepresented groups as well. So uh, there's a magazine and they specialize in uh, like startups and it's called Coria Magazine. I don't know if you've ever come across it. They have like, they do really interesting articles actually. It's about like being self-employed or starting up and kind of different like micro industries which are popping up like you know a couple years ago we had like the craft beer industry they used to do like run articles about that um they had one which has closed their second round has closed at the moment but still they have a fresh fund it's called the fresh fund and they were giving um fifty thousand dollars to like young entrepreneurs who just had an idea and wanted to get it off the ground and that was for particularly like black founders in the US and the UK I mean it's closed this year but they might decide they want to run it again next year Mm -hmm. and if you can email them and contact not just Coria but other publications who have similar funds and be like are you going to run this again um can you give me like redirect me to any other resources that might be available to me or mentorship schemes these guys are going to know the people in the industry, like just business in general. Um, and they might just like send you a link to another website and be like, I'll oh, take a look at that. So still pursue those, even if they are not currently running. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, like uh, all of the British Fashion Council ones for this year are closed and like, no doubt, because we're in September but you know you can always sort of make sure you've got the information for when when it opens up and also Mm. they might have information on further stuff like there's nothing more helpful you know when like you emailed somebody about something and maybe they can't help you with it but they give you the contact that of like actually this person's exactly the person you need to speak to and you wouldn't have been able to find that by googling it or by whatever and I'm just I think it's like the time old boring thing of like I think speak to maybe fellow people who are a similar size and kind of understand maybe like what they've done and stuff like that if people are doing well they often are happy to sort of share how they got there or whatever but yeah I also would say one thing that's really important in potentially keeping control of your business and fashion Mm. that happened to places that I've worked at a few times where the dream is you say we're talking about bags um the dream is that you you design an it bag it takes off suddenly your brand has so much notoriety and you're this internet sensation overnight Mm -hmm. and the same effect used to be had when the likes of like Kate Middleton or or Meghan Markle used to wear a dress or wear something and overnight that dress sold out that's actually the most harmful thing that can happen to a brand because they're not equipped for that kind of notoriety they don't have Mm. that amount of stock but of course if your dress sells out overnight and everyone wants that dress Kate Middleton wore for her engagement you're gonna keep designing that like and sorry keep remaking that keep getting that like um Mm. manufactured like reproducing your yeah goes and so then what you do is you expand your kind of business to cater Mm -hmm. for the demand of this one item Mm. and obviously other items pick up along the way however that will disappear at some Mm -hmm. point 
and then you've expanded your business model and your business and actually like slow growth however like dull it may seem is a lot more sustainable and a lot yeah. more sort of secure than those overnight successes I have a feeling it's like LK Bennett or something like that you know those shoes those new mm. pumps and those black pumps that Kate Middleton um, used to wear yeah. I swear, like they nearly went out of business. It's them or somewhere that's really? from the dress. Okay, it's, Ben, it's quite established though. It's, but it's something like it might not be them, but I feel like it was. I don't know. Sorry, I haven't done my yeah. research. I didn't think I'd be talking about this. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure like one of these companies nearly basically went bust because of this like Kate Middleton effect that like mm. it was a blessing, but also a curse. And so I, I can completely. Yeah get what you mean because if you're a small business and you know your it bag is like the hottest thing you don't have the supply chain or the mm-hmm. logistics to back it up like you could well, end up have the upfront cash to buy the materials exactly i mean even demand. if say you're sitting on like 50 units and you can send all those out at once sometimes it's just like you've never had to deal with things at that speed before so you can make mistakes and that really leads on to a part of the episode Mm. (laughs) that I'd um that I think is really worth talking and it's like non-monetary ways that small businesses and designers can really capitalize this time in making Mm -hmm. their business or their brand better yeah so one of them let's brainstorm yeah, we're going to brainstorm. Um, one of them that kind of leads off what you were saying is collaborating with businesses of the same size as you. And very often it could be like, say if I'm a designer and I own a small brand, it's just me and one other person and we make we make scrunchies, yeah? Mm-hmm. And we've got a really clear, clear design aesthetic. We don't want to collaborate with anyone who's too close to us, someone else who's doing hair accessories, because it's like our competition. Mm-hmm. But if we're the same size business and we've got our own distinctive look, our customers are either going to shop at one or the other. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes mm-hmm. doing collaborations and pooling like delivery costs or pooling um say I I offer 20% off what you're selling and you offer 20% off what I'm selling to your own email marketing list so we kind of help each other in that way that can really expose both our businesses because your 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 business is getting exposed to my customer base Mm -hmm. who might be completely different to your customer base and vice versa Absolutely. And also it doesn't necessarily have to even be somebody in the same field as you. So we used to, at one of the companies I worked at, I don't know why, side note, I always refer Mm -hmm. to like any company that I worked as as like we. I never say like they, it's like when I was there, I'm like we. No, because at the time, yeah, Yeah, because you were part of it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so we used to collaborate with artists. So we would maybe take what's their what they're known for or their aesthetic Mm -hmm. and we would use that as the surface detail on something and I think you know you could find a fabric designer or someone who does embroidery and there's loads of different things that you could do to collaborate like you said and that reduces your costs and hopefully Mm -hmm. sort of spreads spreads the notoriety around so I think that's I think that's a great idea of um yeah collaborating with people and seeing this as a really I think you know sometimes I'm gonna like go back to like the old school YouTuber format like when someone had like you had a similar size channel as somebody you'd do a Mm. collab and you'd have that person on your channel to do a video and then vice versa and you kind of go from there and it's kind of like this thing of if you kind of continue doing that kind of a thing eventually that takes off like mm, that used to really YouTubers work used to do just so like all the time there were collabs uh, yeah I think taking that youtuber mentality is <laughs> really good like like little giveaways and stuff yeah. that's how you build like your email your emailing list um, which is huge and, spam those yeah. people <laughs> <laughs> I will delete you off my email (laughs) if you spam me too much. Um, 
yeah um what other thing like using if you're not on all these platforms already like the etsy's the depops the ebay's Mm -hmm. the not on the high streets which can you might not sell much on these um on these third-party platforms but that's another good way of like really cheap advertising and exposure to a new audience we're now at a time where like us we started a podcast in the middle of this quote-unquote pandemic and there are so many other people who are starting youtube channels it's such a cheap form of advertising Mm -hmm. um reach out to people who are already kind of pushing what you're selling you know what i mean um or where it makes sense reach out to them and use them as a way to bring more exposure to whatever you're doing um and like building those sorts of relationships with bloggers and all of that that's not dead you know oh it's massive but also what I would say is it it doesn't cost anything to educate yourself sometimes there might be courses you have to pay for but like really Mm. educate yourself on marketing strategies and Mm, yeah you know stuff like that like especially if you're somebody who we're talking like this as if we've both like made millionaires like status companies where we're like this is how we did it folks I Uh, used to run LVMH back in the day (laughs) yeah (laughs) that old chestnut Okay, it doesn't happen for everyone, don't get me wrong. But mm. the slow slog often like equates to something. You know, if you if yep. you're creating good stuff, like good designs, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like, you know, some below par average stuff. Um, if you're if you're designing something that you believe is great, um, and you've been told is great by other people outside of your family um yeah like <laughs> that is key and stuff like that but also like you know what yes a sample costs you loads of money but send it like do your research send it to like that magazine or like send mm. lots of great fo- get some great photos of your products send them around to people to put on their blogs or like to put in their like emags or whatever there's loads of people who mm. like design scenes and all of that stuff like graphic design. yeah I think there's lots of sort of like ways to sort of trying try and get it out there but also I would say right now the biggest thing is being sustainable like really mm. how your company's footprint is on this planet um I think it's oh I'm gonna get maybe their name wrong a company there's like something organics basically which is really helpful um, yeah, that's, in yeah. the show notes I'll find it for you <laughs> um but basically most of their stuff is is made of like tencel which is like some like almost like a pureed like wood chip or something like that it's it's a really natural product and it has less of like a footprint it's like a modal fabric or something it's kind of it's like um like a performance fabric almost it's kind of like but it's yeah it's eco um and so most of their most of their garments are made with that they started with underwear but even their sustainability reaches to their website where they have like a low Mm. impact website and what that means is that no picture loads unless you ask for it to which automatically makes it really like low impact and uses up much less energy than other websites so like that is what? kind i know my mind is blown but also That's kind of, yeah <laughs> also kind of like load the photo but like <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean like, like i'd be I a bit frustrated everything. if i was like shopping but i don't think the range is like that huge but that's their ethos and that's their like unique selling yeah know that usp but like that is the way the world is moving so you need to really know Mm. like what your usp is and like really try and have some form of sustainability in there because that's where we're i think from a practical standpoint sustainability means you're just gonna waste less and if you Mm -hmm. waste less you're just gonna save more money and i think gone are the days where it's like if you're not being ostentatious and unnecessarily lavish and wasteful like like we still are now but even more so like the fashion industry was like 
sustainability no longer has this kind of belief that it's like if you're being sustainable then it's a cheap product or it's like you know um so yeah you can definitely lean into that i I was reading an article today and there was a designer called pedro lorenzo and he, he he was saying that buyers receive a hyper realistic book of illustrations so it's like a digital lookbook as opposed to receiving lots of samples and fabric samples and swatches he does like hyper realistic illustrations for them to shop from and you might not have the illustration skills but maybe you can hire someone to render your designs in a certain way and then it means you can send out to far more buyers or far more um magazine editors and they can decide what in the end they Mm -hmm. actually want to receive in real life um and then upcycling like upcycle your old product if you made something five years ago and you know you can make tweaks to the design then reuse that fabric I think that that Mm -hmm. is an amazing way to go it's still going to be in keeping with your overall brand because you made it already you know it's part Mm -hmm. of your collection already but people don't care if it's from five seasons ago if the if the trim is different if the buttons are different if if whatever and I think um, well like it was on a top mm, and it's now on a skirt or a trouser fabric like you know yeah exactly so upcycling is massive and I think customers are really leaning into that in the same way if you're a brand if you're just like a designer or someone who knows how to sew and to tailor and you don't necessarily have a company for yourself but you're figuring out a way to use your skills maybe and to get into the industry then do tailoring and upcycling for clients clothes there are people out there who have things like okay I was watching like a Cardi B (laughs) it was an it was an Instagram post and she had bought or she had received from Louis Vuitton one of their new like trench coats long um, monogram print coat and she had a never full bag and she has this guy who upcycles stuff or repurposes stuff and I went on his Instagram it's amazing he does it for like loads of other celebs he took the never full bag cut it up you know with the um the pattern and things and he made it into a matching beret for her trench coat I'm not kidding it looked great yeah and he does he'll basically like buy I think he did it with like Fendi or something like he'll buy pieces from the brand but then like completely cut it up and make it into like a boned corset or he'll make it into other things and I think that there are people who are sitting on old garments and you can as a designer flex your like creative muscle and say I can repurpose things that you own now into other things that you're going to want to wear in the next year or whatever um definitely there's a lady I follow on Instagram and she does that with like um like vintage chanel buttons or it doesn't have to be chanel but like just vintage sort of clothing buttons where like Mm. and she turns them into earrings or jewelry and they look amazing that's such a good idea and also they're like decently priced because it was maybe sat in a charity shop or like it had no life left in it and i'm not being funny but chanel jewelry is extortionate for what you get what it is it's it's costume jewelry yeah for the most part yeah it is and it's so expensive don't don't even get me started on that i think the ultimate thing of daylight robbery is the Mm. gucci Gigi belt and it's not even made of like good quality like metal like the finish is kind of like they kind of do it purposefully to be like a little bit like kind of like imperfect looking but like that's tarnishing yeah Mm. that's almost like a large costume jewelry where you're like sorry what now yeah anyway. some of the the finishing yeah all the coat <laughs> like all like the gold plating on these things yeah it's not that good but also if these are like vintage buttons like first of all chanel buttons are beautiful like the mm. detail that goes onto these things but like if they're vintage like they're probably not as like cheap as they probably are now <laughs> yeah and they've and they've lasted this long so they'll probably last even longer you on know. your ears so yeah yeah do you have any any further ideas yeah okay so I'll go down my list of ideas and then you can just like tell me what you think of them Mm -hmm. um 
so we've talked about sustainability we've talked about okay repositioning your business you know make sure your website is looking amazing you've got the time now to really put some dedication you can, into you can it. find a coding course and do that yourself if you really wanted to but also like this stuff is squarespace like- i'm not being funny but they don't even I, they sponsor a lot of like podcasts they don't they sponsor, can sponsor us. us if they want <laughs> but they do sponsor a lot of podcasts and apparently it's really easy to do yeah and you make I have, a great website i've actually like dabbled in it so i've never published a website on it but i i know what it's yeah. like to use um just just do it bad websites are oh, n- not acceptable in right 2020 it's unacceptable <laughs> the speed the design everything. and also like simple is so much better than terrible yeah that's going to be th- this episode's quote and <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but also i guess with positioning what came to mind for me was making sure that you know that your business is kind of like in the right position in the market um and kind of once you decide that stay there because the amount of times you kind of like but well I want it to be a really great product so it's going to be this really nice material the margin's really small like make sure your margins are good like position yourself where like you're making money you know because like say you make it and you have that little moment where you you make that Kate Middleton dress like Mm. if you then up your prices it's not going to be so it looks bad Mm. yeah yeah definitely no one's gotten over when mulberry just hiked up their prices for no good reason oh lv did that Mm. i think dior did that anyway um yeah make sure that your delivery is on point you know that the prices make sense friend your career shipping is relationship yeah shipping is easy um maybe even think about made to order customization yeah on your website or as an option people can call you to get these things done um (laughs) and yeah and i mean we're gonna probably talk more about like moqs which are like minimum order quantities but think about how much stock you're sitting on and if you can kind of tweak that okay big thing as well it's really helpful to kind of lean into maybe some like online movements or respond to what's kind of going on at the moment so for example right at the beginning of lockdown and we were like oh my god what is going to happen to fashion week and there's no fashion shows and like all this stuff there was a brand online and it was it's called Hanifa and they had this digit like completely digital like runway um, with all their looks they're not a big brand at all very much uh an instagram kind of brand but made like great stuff and she the owner published this like almost invisible model wearing the clothes like walking down this runway and that post got so much traction because it was like wow this is really fresh no one else is doing it and so if you need a way to showcase your clothes online maybe think about paying someone to render you like some videos or something like that like if it's if it's popular i'm not being funny it sounds stupid but if it's popular online go with the flow and try it and see if it works for for you um and then also if you're like a black founder advertise that you're a black owned business you know so that people who want to support know and that they can um and then like small businesses again let them let your customers know that you are a small business and there's a lot of people who are choosing where they want to spend their money and so let it make it easier for your customers to kind of be drawn towards you yeah definitely and I would also say this is like this is the most interesting possibly time in fashion to to switch it up Mm. you know rewrite the rule book don't be afraid be a trendsetter (laughs) Don't worry, yeah. my t-shirts are available online. <laughs> <laughs> With those quotes on them. <laughs> my motivational <Yeah>. speaking <laughs> seminar is due soon. <laughs> Scholars TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So little things like that. Okay, I did come across I don't I don't even know what to call them, but it's 
called textile solutions like Mm -hmm. t-e-c-h style not textile as in fabric so textile solutions and they are like an app or a web-based application and through crowdsourcing you can have access or buy into sustainably sourced and manufactured fabrics but with like no minimum order quantity so basically say i want to buy fabric a and you also want to buy fabric a we're in both different locations we can like pool our order in order for it to get raised and picked up with the factory like for example some people can't buy huge amounts Mm -hmm. so it means you're not pushed out of that access to resources and it means you're going to have less waste if you're not buying more than what you need also with inventory and things like that think about pre-ordering model that will give you an indication of what your customer base really want to buy into so you're not making the wrong thing and you know how much to order and how much to buy and how much to make do you know the brand called Telfar yeah so they, on their most popular bag, it's like a vegan leather and supposedly it's it's not really big here, but I think it's like big in America, like New York yummy mummies and stuff. But they have put their most popular bag into pre-order and you're going to have to wait like months for it. I'm not even joking, mm-hmm. but their customers don't really care. So they would pay for a particular bag and a particular color, particular size you'd wait like four months until you get it. But at least the brand themselves know where they're putting their resources and they can use that money to buy the fabric and whatever and then produce the item and then send it to their customers. Yeah, I think think this is the future of fashion. I think I can't think it was another brand who started doing that as well. And I think that's the future of fashion. I think that's the future fashion model. You so heard then, it then, first, so then it's zero like it won't be zero waste but it will be it'll be the that's the closest you can get no one's gonna mm. correct amount yes it might make buyers like redundant sauce guys um uh. but obviously it won't but um i think that's the future um mm. and reminding us that fashion takes time and we've got to wait for stuff and like you know we need to slow yeah. down like the cycle chain for sure yeah, yeah. And I think it's the closest thing that most of us would get to, not made to order, that's not the right word, but you know, like back in the day, people used to get particular things specially made and come back for fittings and then, you Mm -hmm. know, come back for finishing touches and things like that. That in a sense, it's what pre-order is, is going to be giving people on a large scale, um, so yeah, interesting to think that you think that's where the industry is going to go. I just think it makes sense. Yeah, you got on point there. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know if fast fashion and all of that stuff can do it, but I think, I think that's what luxury fashion should do. And because they almost wanted to do the reverse. This is a much bigger conversation with like basically straight off the runway, and they'd have it in shops that's like the reverse but mm, that's where yeah. waste, like, waste comes like no 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 we need to stop that mm. they kind of do that with trunk shows yeah in that um if listeners don't know what trunk show it's like a piece of everything that was shown on the runway and it would make the rounds in different boutiques and so people could see the the collection very soon after mm-hmm. it was shown on the runway but yeah i think if you're a small business as scarlett said it's a time to get ahead of the curve um and if you think that is the future of fashion maybe it's it's just for a small business it's almost easier to pivot and make drastic changes because you're so much more nimble you'll probably have a smaller team smaller overheads and you can action things quicker whereas these Mm -hmm. big conglomerates it takes years to implement things because they've bought into things or planned ahead so far and they have so many variables to consider um i would definitely say that taking this moment as an opportunity rather than burden or of course it's it's a it's a shit time for a lot of people i'm not trying to negate that but using it as an opportunity i think people can make some real gains yeah for sure anything else you want to add to the convo scarlet yeah i think that was like a nice way of putting it well, this has been a learning curve for me, to be honest. As we said, we don't, it's not like we own like. I hope we haven't come across preachy. Brands. 
like I, I hope this is like us <laughs> brainstorming with you and for you and trying to trying to help you out man but uh, yeah mm. I hope it's not preachy just trying <laughs> to help you out I hope we don't sound like your <laughs> mum and dad like telling you what to do <laughs> you know what sometimes I think when you're so involved in something and it's your life and it's mm-hmm. all you think about and all you do it's very easy to not think about other things or take yeah. a step back and reconsider other options. Sometimes things just don't cross your mind. So yeah, we are hundred yeah. percent not being preachy. Thanks for listening guys. Hope you like this episode. Um, I've been Mim. And I've been Scarlett. See you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.